0: Good morning, Meadowbrook and friends. Thank you for being so patient today as we're meeting digitally rather than on campus. I thought it was important for us to take a couple of weeks as a pause on campus. Last week, we had a few of our ministry team and worship area to contract the COVID-19 virus. And so we wanted to give just a pause for them to get healthy again and for our folks to be safe. So We will meet back together on campus on January 3rd. I'll tell more details about that in the coming uh, few minutes, but for now just know that we'll be meeting digitally uh, for the next couple of weeks and we'll be back on campus on January 3rd. Now some might ask, why do churches meet while COVID-19 is going on in their communities? And I want to just address that real quickly by sharing four reasons why churches meet during COVID-19. And The first is we are under a mandate of God to meet together. In fact, God directly tells us don't forsake the assembling of yourself. So We have this mandate from God that we would get together and worship. And then secondly, we believe that physical health is not necessarily greater than mental health or spiritual health, that God has made us in body, soul, and spirit to be one. And so all the aspects of our life are to be healthy. We don't elevate physical health over spiritual health or physical health over the emotional health. We wanna be wholly healthy, before God and before each other and worship is not just our duty it is our deepest longing we can't help but worship God it's part of who we are as being made in his image and being rescued by him in his kingdom and then finally just one I wanted to mention is that Christ is our life if we live we live in Christ if we die that's gain because we die in Christ We are not fearful about death. In fact, death is our great victory for there is no sting of death in Christ Jesus. To be absent in this body is to be present with him. So we're not fearful of dying. It is the greater for us. Now, with that in mind, I wanna just take a moment along with you, just pause and pray that God would give us wisdom and insight. We do pray for those who are battling COVID-19. Uh, We pray for their health and, and that God would draw near to them in the midst of their weakness. Would you join me in praying? Father, as the saints are gathered all around the community and beyond, we just recognize the unity that we have of your spirit, the unity that we have in Christ. We have a commonality as the body of Christ, and we just join together our hearts in prayer. We ask, Lord, that Jesus Christ would be exalted, that he would be lifted in our thoughts and in our words and the intentions and our faith and we pray Lord that that would be evident as we hear his word and apply it to our living we pray as well for those who are struggling now maybe with various sicknesses and diseases we pray Lord in the midst of their weakness that your perfected strength would be known specifically Lord we pray for all those who are battling COVID-19 we pray for your healing touch that you would touch them in a miraculous way and they would have full and complete recovery more quickly than ever thought. We pray that you would give them that fullness. To the glory of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Now, let's take a moment and look to Luke chapter 1. We're going to begin in verse 57 and talk about Jesus Christ being the hope of the world. Christmas is helping us to discover and think about and uh, just be cheerful filled with joy about the hope that we have in christ jesus now the prophet isaiah gave words about christmas seven centuries before it actually came about he wrote in isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness on them the light has shone." And what he's talking about there, he's speaking about the region of Galilee. And if you know that region, the people there are the place where the enemies would come from the north and not only take the land, but they would take the people captive. In fact, in Isaiah's time, he was thinking about the Assyrian crisis that would come they would come and just decimate the land and and uh, take the people and the Babylonians would follow them and after Assyria and then Babylon Babylon there were many others that came in attack against Israel and they would typically come from the north and that was a real dark period in history but Isaiah saw a time where a light would dawn and joy would be in the land of Galilee now if you have read the new testament you know what isaiah is talking about there much of jesus's public ministry was done in the region of galilee and he himself was that wondrous light that was that had come into the darkness of that region giving people freedom not just freedom from enemies freedom in their soul freedom from sin freedom from god's judgment he was offering all of that before isaiah there was there were others and then after isaiah there were prophets as well and the last of whom was malachi malachi was one of those who spoke of the hope that would be brought by the lord because of his love and the salvation that we would offer malachi said it this way the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings you shall go out leaping like calves from a stall you ever seen a calf leap out of a stall Well, that's the way he's expressing joy. The joy of people that recognize that the light of the gospel had dawned on them. What a joyful time that was. And then 400 years go by after Malachi wrote those great words. And at the conclusion of that 400 years, when the time was right, when the the glory of the Lord was going to be manifest, Jesus brought forth His ministry, and he was like the ray of light, a ray of righteousness that had shone in the world. Now, from that first ray of hope, we hear the words that were going to be offered to the people and the wondrous ministry that was offered to them. Zechariah was a, a priest who first heard about what God was doing. Uh, in a very quick way God was going to bring this about within a year and Zechariah hears what God is doing now Zechariah is a common priest there's about 7,000 of them in the land of Israel at the time of the first century and they're divided into 24 groups of 300 Zechariah is in one of those 24 groups of 300 they are going to serve in the temple or around the temple proper two times a year for one week and they cast slots to determine of the 54 what jobs they are going to do excuse me 56 and Zechariah at one point in his ministry had the lot fall on him that is just the treasure of all those duties he got the opportunity to light the incense in the holy place. Now, that is something that everybody longed for. If you're a priest, you would long for that job. Not many of them got to do that just by the way that the lots were cast and the divisions of the groups and the number of people that were involved. In fact, it was so rare that if you ever did it, you were not going to be called again to do it. So this was a dream come true for Zechariah. It meant that he would be in close proximity To the Lord in his Shekinah glory. It would be the most intimate expression of ministry that a priest could ever be part of. And Zechariah's time had come. Imagine how his heart must have beat out of his chest as he walks through the court, and all the worshipers are there who are seeking God, and they are praying and they are worshiping. Zechariah would go through that court, and he would enter the court of the priest where the sacrifices were being offered and the sins were being atoned for and with trepidation he would walk out of the court of the priest and into the holy place and there in the holy place he sees this magnificent wall of curtain six inches thick embroidered masterfully and it protects all those around from ever entering into the holy of holies but he's just outside that in the holy place a place that very few people have ever seen much less walk in to his left is that golden table of the showbread to his right is the golden candlestick and just before him is that wonderful altar of incense beautiful gold horned altar and there Zechariah would approach that altar and he would begin to initiate prayers and those prayers would go up to god much like that incense that he was lighting would circle up to the presence of god in that sweet aroma Zechariah was there ministering unto the lord now he's there because god has purposed him to be there i'll give you a little background of his life he and his wife elizabeth had been married for a long time and they had longed for children But Elizabeth was barren. God had not opened her womb. And now both are elderly. They dreamed of children, but that dream was now a lifelong regret. It had not come about. Nonetheless, even though they were in despair about not having a child, they did not forfeit the righteous call of God in their life. They were faithful to him. They were upright upstanding citizens in fact the bible says in luke 1 6 that they remained righteous before the lord walking blameless in all the commandments and statutes of the lord though they had hurt they didn't turn that hurt to god and zechariah is there worshiping and praying before the lord suddenly an angel appears before him just to the right of the altar of incense his name is gabriel he's a messenger of God and upon seeing him probably like you and I would do Zechariah was terrified filled with fear Gabriel had made his presence known hundreds of years before to the prophet Daniel and when Daniel experienced this moment with with uh, Gabriel he too had that same experience where he was filled with fear and in fact he fell down on the ground just passed out there on the ground in fear what Gabriel was telling Daniel was about the Messiah's kingdom about the Messiah's ministry in a time well in the future and what he was going to tell Zechariah was about the Messiah's ministry of redemption and salvation in the first century both men are experiencing the message of God through the messenger about the ministry of the Messiah and Gabriel also told the priest that His wife would bear a son. And he told about the ministry that his son would be part of. It would be a ministry that would be unique, it would be a ministry that would prepare the people for the way of Christ. He would draw people to the Lord himself, and he would draw them to God. Gabriel told Zechariah, Name your son John, which, by the way, means God has been gracious or God has shown his favor well shocked and astounded by what he was hearing Zechariah asked a question of Gabriel and he says as recorded in verse 18 of Luke 1 how shall I know this for I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years now even to this day many years later I can't help but feel terribly for Zechariah I mean Zechariah is in a holy place he's standing before a holy angel but what comes out of his mouth is utterly unholy a lacking of faith a questioning of God I want to explain it away and I want to give the priest a pass and I want to sympathetically suggest that I would probably do the same thing if I were there but unbelief is always a deeply troubling and Terribly sinful way of life. Now, here's a few reasons why it is so uncharacteristic of a man like Zechariah to be filled with doubt and express that. Number one, he knew the scriptures. This was a man who is insightful to the scriptures and the way of God, and he knew the miraculous births that God had brought about that have been accounted for throughout the scriptures births like that of Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Samson and Samuel all of which God miraculously brought about just like he would miraculously bring about Zechariah's son John. Zechariah was a priest of God which meant he was a faith leader and as described in the Bible he was notably upright. In fact this was no amateur of the faith. He was not a baby in the faith he should have been mature in his faith and his words should have expressed that maturity he was in the holy place and he was in the holy place because he was praying on behalf of the people and so Zechariah should have had a bigger view and understanding of God if he's going to petition God on behalf of the people he better understand the magnitude of God but now he's questioning that and then he was gripped by fear because he saw an angel and knew that that angel was from God so when he is questioning the angel Gabriel he is directly questioning God those are just some of the reasons why it's a big deal that Zechariah is showing a doubting in his faith this is for Zechariah his I blew it moment regrettably I've had those moments as well and you have too. This is the reason why it is so important that a Savior be born on Christmas morn because we all have those moments of regret. We all have those I blew it times in our life, the seasons or the years that we just do things that make no sense before a holy God. Our hearts are sinful through and through. And our words, like that of Zechariah, are proving our heart. Even the most upright among us are deeply sinful in need of a merciful Savior. Which is why we have such joy when we think about Christmas. God bringing his mercy and grace to us. Now, lest we're tempted to think that having a lack of faith or doubting in faith is not a big deal, let's just be reminded what Hebrews says without faith it is impossible to please God so look what Gabriel's response is to Zechariah as he questions and doubts the angel answered him saying I am Gabriel I stand in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news and behold you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their time so for nine months God silenced the mouth that had expressed the words of doubt making Zechariah deaf and mute that meant he was disciplined by God and that discipline was justified but there's far more going on here this was actually an act of grace that God was bringing into the priest's life for Zechariah's silence was part of God's grace he was going to help him to discover the gospel help him to learn that the rising hope was soon to come on the land of Israel among the people of God and Zechariah would be the one to hear it first so for nine months God forced Zechariah into silence so that he would hear nothing other than his own thoughts and the words of God. He would only be able to reflect on those words of God and his messenger. And after nine months, Elizabeth delivered a son just like Gabriel had promised. And on the eighth day, they circumcised him. And as is the tradition, they named him. And they named him not after the father, but they named him the name of John for the grace of God was evident the Holy Spirit filled Zechariah and he began to prophesy about the birth of Jesus describing the great significance of Christmas now let's read that text together I'm in Luke chapter 1 verse 68 blessed be the Lord God of Israel for he has visited and redeemed his people and raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets from of old that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show the mercy of promise to our fathers and remember his holy covenant the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days now throughout Zechariah's silence he must have pondered those prophetic words of the old testament and he must have thought about the prophetic words about the ministry of his son, that he would prepare the way for the Messiah's redeeming work. Zechariah must have contemplated those Old Testament passages of the words of prophets about the Messiah's birth and about the Messiah's life, his ministry, his death, and the salvation that he was offering. For when he had his mouth opened by God, that's exactly what began to flow out of him. Just snippets of those Old Testament prophets declaring the work and the wonder of the Messiah. He proclaimed the words that God had been working in his heart during the entire time that he could not hear or could not speak. He learned to treasure God's word. And when God released his tongue, that treasury of word began to be expressed and shared with other people. I think it would be a good time for us to pause and just ponder for a moment if God silenced us what do you think he would want us to know and understand and then share at the conclusion of that period and don't you think we ought to be pressing towards that right now i don't really think that it's likely that God is going to silence us making us deaf and mute to the point that we could hear him and his word only but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't silence ourselves before God for the Lord says that we ought to be still before him that we might know him contemplate his word meditate on his word begin to grow in his word in likeness and character of discipline of fruitfulness that silence is really important for us it's a spiritual discipline one pastor and writer john piper writes about silence in this way he says and i quote if we don't seek out silence we will probably not feel the stupendous significance of god's work in history the history of our lives it would be rare to be gripped and moved deeply in a noisy room there is a close correlation between stillness and the sense of the stupendous now let's remind ourselves that when God disrupts our lives he's intentional silence that Zechariah had brought into his life was a major disruption what I've been encouraging us to think about is just being quiet before the Lord so he doesn't have to silence us but I can tell you what the Lord does regularly he brings disruption to our life we think things are going one way and God will disrupt them and bring A totally different direction he will force us to ask God what are you doing God where are you he's very intentional about those times in fact in those times where he's disrupting our lives he is very much at work and I would say in those periods we ought to be focusing on God more than we focus on the disruption I don't think it's by accident that on this day I'm communicating from this passage of Scripture talking about the nine-month disruption that Zechariah had here we are nine months into a major disruption in our life COVID-19 and we ought to be asking Lord what are you doing what is your intentionality what is your purpose in the midst of COVID-19 since March the world has been disrupted everything is different people are isolated and routines are altered For nine months, God is literally shaking the world from its standards. Are you seeking him? Are you reflecting on his activities in the midst of this? Are you spending time with him? Are you being quiet and still before him that you might know what God wants you to know and understand and have faith in and share with other people? Although he hasn't made you or me deaf, he has certainly altered our lives. He has certainly altered the way that we have capacity to do things. And in doing so, he wants us to seek him and his presence and to know his word. For Zechariah, the nine months of silence gave him opportunity to have spiritual renewal. And at the end of the time, Zechariah was a different man. He was a man who treasured the word of God who communicated the word of God as he was filled with the Holy Spirit of God and as he was filled with the Spirit of God God was giving him understanding to his word and the salvation ministry that the Son of God would be bringing to all the world now notice what Zechariah is learning from God in this period these are some of the lessons that I think we ought to be learning in 2020 I'm going to give you four of them the first Zechariah was learning that Jesus is our redeemer he says in verse 68 blessed be the Lord God of Israel for he has visited and redeemed his people now before Zechariah's time of silence was over he wouldn't believe that God was going to give him a son but now not only does he believe that God is giving him a son in his old age but he believes that the son of God is coming to redeem the world in fact so certain is he about the coming of the son of God that he speaks of it as if it has already happened he speaks of it in past tense saying the Lord has visited the Lord has redeemed his people it's as good as done Zechariah is saying visited is a word that describes that 400 year period of silence between Malachi's writing about the sun coming to cast its rays of righteousness on the world that 400 year period in which God had brought about his conviction he had withdrawn his presence but everything was changing hope was coming and Zechariah says God is visiting God has visited and in his visit God is redeeming the purpose of God coming to earth By his son was to redeem his people and he still seeks to redeem people he's still seeking to seek and save the lost and Christmas is the time in which God introduces that Christmas is a reminder that God has come to visit the people in order that he might save them As you think about Christmas there's a lot of things that the world wants you to think about but I pray you'll be thinking about God's great salvation that he's offering to you and to all people who will call upon him to be saved. To redeem means to buy someone back, to buy them out of captivity, to buy them out of slavery, to release them, to provide freedom for them, to make it that they might be new. This was God's purpose. Jesus would pay the price on the cross of calvary he would pay the price for our freedom from sin and freedom from judgment and even freedom from death jesus had come to pay the penalty of our sin to satisfy the wrath of god that was against us because of our sin jesus had come to visit and to redeem zechariah understood that in the midst of COVID 19 christmas 2020 God wants you and me to know that Jesus has come as a redeemer secondly Jesus has come as the horn of salvation what that means is that he has come in the strength of salvation now I'm not belittling the vaccine that is soon to come but I just want to remind you that the vaccine is not the strength of our salvation i will be getting the vaccine when it's available to me whenever that is months down the road but jesus remains my lasting hope my hope is not in a vaccine my hope is not in an individual my hope is in jesus christ i should remind us that it is appointed for man once to die and then after that judgment that means that there is a much bigger issue than anything that could take my life from this world the issue is standing for God in judgment and him pronouncing his judgment for all eternity. Jesus is the horn of salvation that rectifies that judgment of God. As of today, 8% of Etowah County, the populace of Etowah County has tested positive for COVID. And among the 8% that is tested positive, 99% of them survive that experience. The issue of COVID is important, and we ought to take it very seriously. The vaccine is a great opportunity for us, but it is not our salvation. We have a much bigger issue to focus on. Focus on COVID-19, focus on being well, but focus on eternity and the horn of salvation, the strength of salvation, who is Jesus Christ? luke chapter 1 verse 69 says god has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant david jesus is the horn of salvation uh, my wife is decorated beautifully around our house this christmas in fact we have hanging on the christmas tree beautiful ornaments some of which are gifts that have been given to us by people who are members of this church and others uh, my wife is found and treasured and they Are displayed beautifully Uh, on that tree there are no horns like Zechariah is talking about now there's some trumpets there's some bugles on there but there are no horns that is not the horn that Zechariah is talking about he's talking about the horn of an animal an ox a buffalo a cow that kind of horn An animal's horn shows power and force, doesn't it? When I was a teenager, we had a young bull. His name was Charlie. And when my parents weren't around, I'd bring old Charlie into the catch pen and I would play matador with him. I would dance in front of him and get him a little antagonized. And he would snort around and he would throw his head around and he would hit his paws on the ground. And every now and then, I could convince that little bull to run towards me as if I was going to be a matador really I wasn't a matador as much as I was a rodeo clown because as soon as old Charlie would run after me I would hoop and holler and jump up on the fence line and get away from that old rascal I uh, usually had a pretty good time doing that it was a good risky moment and most teenage boys like those moments Charlie was okay with it because in the end he got a bucket of sweet feed and my parents really never knew about that going on so it all ended well but the days of playing matador with old Charlie soon ended he got bigger and faster and his horns grew longer and my dad decided it would be better for Charlie to be on our plate that's the kind of horn that Zechariah is talking about a horn that reveals strength a horn that can actually do something with power be it a cow an ox or a buffalo a horn is part of an animal's brute strength and force and so when it's raised in the air they are demonstrating the power for which they have Jesus is the raised horn of salvation he is God's power to redeem He is God's significant way to bring about our redemption. Only he could provide that. There's no life or no sin that is greater than the power of Christ Jesus. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you have done the horn of salvation is stronger, mightier, and more capable to bring your rescue from your sin than anything else. It is the only thing that can rescue you. The vilest of sins and the most vicious of sinners are not greater than the redeeming power of Jesus Christ, the horn of salvation. This Christmas, what Zechariah wants you to know, what he knows is that Jesus is God's offering of power and strength for your salvation then number three Jesus is our mercy and the fulfillment of God's covenant he says in verse 72 that he is to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant now that promise goes all the way back to Genesis 3 when God promised an offspring who would defeat our enemy Zechariah is heralding that God has remembered his covenant and has proven to be faithful in the birth of Jesus we find God's faithfulness in providing for us mercy and grace now though it might seem that 2020 that God has forgotten us I can tell you with all certainty God has not forgotten us and there's not a single promise of God that has been forsaken in fact all of them are being fulfilled God is keeping his covenant though it is chaotic you can rest in that truth his relationship is with us and his care is for us and that is eternal for those of us who are in Christ Jesus God is in Christ Jesus our mercy and Jesus is the fulfillment of God's covenant towards us then number four jesus delivers us from our enemies allowing us to serve without fear in holiness and righteousness in fact that's almost verbatim in chapter 1 verse 74 and 75. now 2020 is a year of chaos it's a year of sickness it's a year of disappointment it's a year of fear but we need to know and understand the truth that zechariah has come to conclude because of jesus we can serve god without fear and we will be delivered in the end we will be delivered god's aim in raising a horn of salvation is not just to deliver, to liberate us who are oppressed but he is creating in us holy and righteousness He's making us to be able to be living without fear because we are in relationship with him and hold the salvation that has been entrusted to us. And he raises us and shares with us his glorious victory. Jesus is the horn of our salvation, our hope. He has won the salvation, the spiritual war that we could not win and offers that victory to us. And that enables us to live without fear as the mighty horn of our salvation we can have confidence in him and we can live without fear as we minister side by side with him now that's what christmas is affording us Christmas is more than just giving gifts to one another it's more than lights and decorations it's more than great food and gatherings christmas is so that you and i might grow in confidence That we are belonging to God for those of us who have faith in Jesus Christ. Christmas helps us to remember that we are to be purposefully quiet before God. That sounds so odd at the time of Christmas, doesn't it? But to be purposefully quiet to hear and to know God's Word, to understand it, and to share that Word with others. There's going to be people who will come around your house, or maybe you'll go to theirs, or maybe you'll meet digitally much like we're doing today know God's word understand God's word and share God's word with them that they too might walk in the victory of Christ with his salvation and walk through life without fear we can have confidence this Christmas now would you pause and pray with me Lord as we contemplate the wondrous words of Luke chapter 1 and the beautiful way that you describe the ministry of Jesus to Zechariah. We bless you for that passage. And we take with greater confidence that word that has been treasured to us and the salvation that has been afforded to us. We want to walk in the righteous ways of Christ because he has made us righteous. And we want to walk with confidence without fear in these days. So help us, God, that we might be faithful. And Lord, without a doubt, there's some who you have brought into this hearing that they might understand the need for a Savior, that they would understand the need for mercy and grace on this Christmas season, that they will one day stand before you and they will address every action and every word ever done or spoken. We pray, Lord, that as they stand before you and all of your holiness, that you would usher them into your presence with the shed blood of Christ Jesus cleansing them and giving them forgiveness I pray that today would be a day of faith for them that they would renounce their ways of sinfulness and come to the ways of righteousness in Jesus Christ that they would deny themselves take up the cross and follow after you that this would be the day of salvation for them And I pray, Lord, that as they walk righteously with you from this point forward, that they would walk with confidence and not with fear. To the glory of Jesus and for the good of the people, I pray this. Amen. Hey, if you're making a decision for Christ today, we'd like to hear from you. You can respond right now by a simple email at info at mbchurch.com. Let us know what God is saying to you and your response to him. Or if you're watching on Facebook, you can get into a quick exchange with the person who is hosting this this morning. Give us an opportunity to pray with you and encourage you about those decisions that you're making. I want to give our church family an opportunity to know an update on our building. We moved in, as you know, last week and looking forward to January the 10th when we will have our dedication service I want to tell you about how great God has been in raising up all the resources through you. Right now, we are $8.4 million into our $8.6 million goal. That means that we're just barely over $200,000 short of having the entirety of the project paid for with the cash that you have been raising. So thank you for what you're doing. And I'm gonna ask that you would be generous here at the end of the year to give the best gift that you can give so that we, on the 10th of January, dedicate this building without a single dollar owed to anyone. I hope that you'll join us in that effort. Now let me remind you, next week will be digital again. Unfortunately, we will not be having our traditional Christmas Eve service, but on this campus, we'll be gathered again on January the 3rd. We'll be back in the house worshiping the Lord and looking forward to that opportunity. And then on the following Sunday, on the 10th, we'll have our great dedication service. I hope you stay well. I hope you communicate well the gospel that you know. And I pray that the Lord would give you a season of being quiet before him in his presence, that you might grow in the knowledge and understanding and in the message of the gospel. Father, as our people are leaving this digital service, I pray your richest blessings on them. In the name of Jesus, amen.